What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Celtics Talk podcast here on the NBC Sports Boston Podcast Network. Uh, they kicked us out of the studio, Abby, because uh, there are other shows that need to be filmed. But uh, we're coming to you fresh off the Celtics loss in Milwaukee, where despite missing three starters, they gave a valiant effort and nearly upended Giannis and the Bucks. But uh, I'm going to put it on you. So there's still a million scenarios at play, but we think, we think the Boston Celtics are most likely to end up at the number three seed. I jokingly said it's like 73%. I was going to say that was my favorite mode of post-game tonight. <laughs> Chris Forsberg, as we go through all of the scenarios, mm-hmm. and uh, we had Kendrick Perkins on, and his perks said his head was spinning. Mm-hmm. And Chris said, bottom line is Celtics have a 73% chance of getting that three seed, which is all you need to know. And <laughs> we went to break. I and Going to break, Perk <laughs> said, where did that number come from? And Chris said, don't ask how the sausage is made. And as soon as we go to break, Chris is like, I just made that up. So it sounds uh, right though. It, it sounds really good. does. And I, you know what, maybe basketball references, uh, simulations in the morning will back me up. Here's the way I look at it. Like a lot of things have to happen for the Celtics to have a chance at number two at the number two seed, which would mean like Milwaukee essentially going on two over its last two games, which I don't really foresee. No. Or, Unless they sit everyone and they have a chance to end up at number four, but it would require uh, Philadelphia to win both games and for the Celtics to lose on Sunday. And so I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, ipso facto, 73%. and might even be higher. I, I don't know, but that's what I'm, that's my number. And I'm sticking with it. But that's I, what you led off this podcast saying the Celtics lost to Milwaukee and coming out of that game, it doesn't feel like a loss at all. Mm, Number nice. one, you get to see the Celtics depth shine mm-hmm. guys building confidence. A la Derek white, Marcus smart, putting up a season high 29 points, hit seven, three pointers. And then you look at where they are that high chance mm-hmm of getting the three seed and facing the Chicago Bulls in the first round. How are you feeling about the three seed? I'm feeling great about the three seed. Mm. Well, in the first round to play the Chicago (laughs) Bulls, having no issues. I mean, but the three seed also, then you are saying that the Bucks most likely to get that two seed. Mm -hmm. They will likely face the Nets coming out of the play-in. And regardless of who comes out on top of that series, it's going to be a hard fought series and it's Mm going to be, it's going to take a lot out of whoever that team is, which is part of the reason why I would like to avoid that situation in the first round. So it could either be a tune-up for Giannis and the Bucks and the defending champs, or it could be something that, you know, gets very physical. Maybe some injuries happen. <laughs> I don't know. You never know what's going to happen. It's the NBA. It's so funny because Celtics fans right now are like, we, oh, we you know, we just don't want to see the ball. I, I, mean, I don't no, want to no, jinx the, anything. The I'm sorry. I'm knocking on. Don't, don't want to see Kyrie. Don't want to see Kevin Durant. Don't want to have the other team to have the best player on the court. And even though I think the Celtics win that series, I'm with you. It's definitely like the best of the bad teams. And it would, it would add taxing to a first round that shouldn't be that difficult. And then now Celtics fans, if, if it's Bucks versus Nets, Celtics fans are going to be like, come on, Nets, push them to seven, yes. like, you know, and, and, and all that. So it is pretty funny that, uh, you know, our emotions will swing pretty quickly okay. when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets and, and how they play. The downside here is mm-hmm. that if the Milwaukee Bucks do get that two seed, the Celtics have then lost out of home court advantage in that second round when you do have to play the Bucks. Womp and womp. it got pretty loud in Milwaukee tonight. And I think back, you know, it, not that it's a, it does, I never feel like Milwaukee is an impossibly hard place to play, but it does get loud there and their fans are rowdy and now they've won. So it's I mean, like a Milwaukee, big deal. What else are they really doing besides drinking beer before the game? Yeah. 
not the worst thing to do, but yeah. I get your point. It's uh, that that's all the fans have to do. And th- the other thing, and then they have Giannis. And so my big thing has always been role players play better at home than on the road. It's just one of those weird things where the Peyton Pritchards and Derek Whites and Grant Williams of the world tend to play better at home than on the road. Just there's something to the idea of when you're not on that superstar level, you just play better because there's crowd support and all that. So I am a little bit leery of those guys having to go on the road and be big parts of this thing. That being said, night like this gives you confidence when you see Peyton Pritchard go out and not be overwhelmed by playing in the moment. And Derek White did miss a late game bunny, but um, otherwise I thought played really well. got some three pointers to fall. So I'm a little bit more bullish on the idea of this group going to Milwaukee and being able to have success. Um, I'm just still, I wanted to avoid the bucks as long as humanly possible. And there's part of me that does say like, I mean, you know, you don't want to bring Toronto into play as the four seed because then they're the four or five, but then you play the one seed and you'd avoid Milwaukee. The, the bottom line here is you have to play good teams at some point. Yep. So just buckle up. And, you know, if you get through that round, now you're looking at maybe Miami, maybe there's an upset along the way. Uh, so maybe it's not as bad as it seems. And there is something to this game tonight while it is a loss like i said it feels like a win mm-hmm. to see the celtics the way that they walked into milwaukee facing Giannis Antetokounmpo and the defending champs they had confidence they had swagger even though they were without jason tatum and al horford and they came through and made it a good game i also will say this run that we have seen from the celtics since late january they have been road warriors. Mm-hmm. The road has not been an issue for them. They've won games on the road. They've won games convincingly on the road. And that is something that Ime Udoka has stressed from the beginning of this season is that it doesn't matter where you play this team. They are going to play to the standard that they have set for themselves. And as of right now, that standard and that Celtics basketball that we have seen yeah. is championship caliber basketball. And who would have thought that back on January 7th when there were three games under 500? And uh, I think the other positive is that the two of the road losses they've had lately, Toronto and in Milwaukee, were shorthanded. Yep. And they played very shorthanded, really inspired in basketball. So my biggest fear going into the playoffs is like, oh, no, no, Rob. The starters haven't been great yeah. without all of them. Like, how is this going to play you out? You do also get Rob back potentially in the second round. If you kind of cruise through that first round, because uh, I think we maybe, saw maybe even the first round, if you hit some turbulence at the end, but that might be getting a little ahead of ourselves. I know, I know. Kind of, we are, we're, we're, not, getting, well, hopefully we're knocking on wood again. I got this. I got yeah, this. We do have a large wood table in this conference room to, uh, to knock on. All right. Uh, because I don't want to go through all bazillion scenarios, let's just suffice it to say we've, we've, we've laid it out. Like, so those are most likely going to be the three. What gives you the most confidence right now as we prepare for the final game of the regular season that the Celtics can have postseason success? The defense and seeing how they have been able to adjust, even without Mm -hmm. Rob Williams, having Daniel Tice, what a move at the deadline. Heard about it tonight. Underrated bringing Daniel Tice back. The war on Tice never ends, but he has, (laughs) he comes through and he has that uh, playoff experience Mm -hmm. as, as we've seen firsthand. So you said it tonight on post game that this offense, the fact that the Celtics mm-hmm. have the number one offense in the NBA, that it has caught up with the defense. I think there's no question in my mind that we have seen them flip a switch, turn up that defensive intensity. And that is something that will travel in the postseason. And uh, I guess, you know, just because I, I would probably duplicate your answer if I had to, I feel a lot more confident in the defense when Rob is out there, but yes. certainly the last few weeks have given you confidence that they can suffice. And Tice has been way better than I thought he would be. Really? Yeah, because I've been, I'm just, oh, I am just scarred. Doubt Daniel Tice. I, it's not on Daniel Tice. It's a PTSD 
from Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson double big lineups oh, that God. were got off on terrible and that's on Tristan Thompson and not Daniel Tice which is you know unfortunately he's just you know part of the of the equation there but I, I think I told you like Al and Tice only played 23 minutes together that in the 2000 and it's incredible and it's so funny because Al got a little prickly he got asked like you know how how's it going adjusting with Daniel Tice and he's like dude we were teammates two years ago or three years ago and it's like yeah you were but you never played together because Tice tore his own meniscus, I think, that year and didn't play in the playoffs that year that Rogier and the young Jays led the, the playoff surge. So uh, I was a little bit leery, like, how do they fit in? And it's still humorous when they throw up lobs and Tice is like trying to get up there. Can't quite get nowhere near as high as Rob. Yeah, that's a tough adjustment. <laughs> but, but just get used to one thing and now. Yeah. Uh, but I do think in the grand scheme of things, I have confidence that that group can play to a good level of defense in the, in the postseason. I guess I would flip it and say the offense is what's giving me the most encouragement is like for months and months, I said, it's just not, they're just not good enough. They're not efficient enough to be a good playoff team. And then I worried they would, they would struggle to score points in the playoffs when every basket gets more difficult. Now they have to be a little bit more crisp with the ball, not many, many turnovers like we saw throughout yeah. this Milwaukee game. Um, they need to keep shooting it well, but if they move the ball the way yes. they have, and the ball movement has been awesome. Routinely averaging 28, 29, I, 30 is, assists per game. We kept saying, if they get to 25 assists, they're going to win most nights. And now it's like 25, in like in the third quarter. And that blows my mind that they're been that good. Um, and like Marcus Smart has been awesome. So mm -hmm. my hope is like, if they maintain that level of offense, then you don't need the defense to be like otherworldly until Rob comes back. And then you're going to probably need it to be otherworldly. Cause as we saw, Giannis was just feasting at times, going at Tice and, and Grant Williams. And that's not fair to them because they're not usually the guys they're going to have to defend that, maybe for small pockets in a, in a second round series. But it, if Al and Rob are out there, it's completely different. And I don't think you see quite the fireworks that we saw tonight. What's your biggest, I'm going to flip it. I don't, I don't mean to be negative. This is an early edition. But uh, what's your biggest cause for concern going into the playoffs? Perk. Talked about it. Oh, I thought you were going to say Perk. Perk, Perk, Perk in general. I was like, that's unfair. But. I think Perk, I, I'm going to give credit to Perk for inspiring mm. this second half surge from Jason Tatum. Uh, no, what gives me pause is just that the East is a minefield that that's what Perk was talking about all post game, just how tough the Eastern conference has become the level of superstars, the just purely the number of superstars that are in this conference. And you mentioned it with Giannis. I mean, the hope in a playoff series is you want to have the best player on the floor mm -hmm. and I don't I can't name that many matchups for the Celtics once you get out of the first round and past the Chicago Bulls and even in the first that, round like I mean if they had drawn the Nets you would have said like Katie is the best player right. on the court so absolutely if they do draw the Nets that's not done yet yeah. so right I, I that's what gives me pause mm -hmm. is that the East is tough but that's what gives me confidence from tonight you is that, that the Celtics team <laughs> team is not afraid of anyone everyone's so mad so angry around here that they sat jason tatum and al horford for this huge game tonight against the bucks and i think what it told me tonight is they're not afraid of anyone they can go out there and battle without their stars i won't disagree uh i'm just now eager i just want to like i just want to hit a fast forward button and, I know. Get, and get to the playoffs because like we've got days days this play-in tournament it's gonna be forever a week from saturday is the start of the playoffs uh, it, it is crazy that we're gonna have to navigate i mean 10 days 11 days here uh as email said tonight part of the reason that you probably going to play your starters on sunday is because with 
the week to ramp. You want to give them a week and a half off. Yeah, you don't want to give them without live reps. Almost two weeks without if they didn't play. If like Jason Tatum didn't play tonight and he doesn't play Sunday, he would not play a NBA basketball game. And he's been so good. And he loves to play. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people, so many people questioning that decision tonight. To me, Jason Tatum loves to play. I remember his rookie season. Mm. They forced him, basically forced him, had to tie him to the bench to sit out <laughs> the final game of the season because he had it in his mind that he wanted mm-hmm. to play all 82. And so I think that it is the smart play, as Ime has said, they are prioritizing health. And we know the number of minutes that Jason has been out there on the floor this season. So give him a night off. I'm fine with it. Mm. How you feeling? You ready for playoff grind? Oh yeah. You're going to I'm, Memphis? I'm ready. Uh, I'm a little behind the scenes. I just, I'm getting over COVID. <laughs> so I am ready to go. No masks for me. Yeah. Wherever this playoff run takes me, I will be there and I will be ready. Uh, yeah, I'm ready too. And I just want to hit a fast forward button. Although it's been great having you in the studio because you get to hang out and have fun. And we laugh throughout post game plus and uh, we get to call out perk. Yeah. Perk, that's the best part is trying to, I mean, perks fits, fits some wild takes, wild, wild takes. Going <laughs> Carry on. on. And then, Carry yeah, on. No, and, no. And then he can just walk Carry it back. Uh, I want to end here. Okay. We, one of the perks wild takes tonight was that he put Jason Tatum on the all NBA second team. And I, I thought we, I thought we could expect more from him. Although perk did try to redeem himself by putting Jalen Brown on all NBA third team, which is a little bit of an outrageous move, but uh, only because there's so much talent, as you said, throughout the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. And so I was just surprised the two Celtics would be able to be crowbarred on there. Um, but let's, I want to focus on Tatum because I, I, the next, the voters got to vote by Sunday or Monday. Um, I think he deserves- Kirk does have a vote, by the way, which is why this is wild. important. Wild. Um, they can't, they give votes to everybody and yet my mailbox is still empty. So um, should they, Jason Tatum be all NBA first team? Absolutely. Mm. I think so. He has earned it. So the question then is, who do you take off? And to me, the argument is Luca. I would, I would say, I mean, right. He came into this season out of shape, had to play his way into shape. And I know Luca so clutch and what he does for that Dallas team is huge, but we have seen the surge and the difference that Jason Tatum has made on this Celtics team to put them into contention, the number one defense in the league, the number one offense in the league since January. And Luca has only played 61 games, which I know two thirds of the season, maybe enough, but you look at Jason Tatum's resume. I, I I vote Jason over Luca. Call me a green teamer, but that's, that's where I stand. The best ability is availability. Absolutely. And especially for the Boston Celtics who have never had guys who have been available on consistently. So who do uh, you take off? I take, I take Booker off. And I know that sounds unfair because the Phoenix Suns certainly deserve someone after winning 63 games or whatever they're at right now. Uh, my thing is they, the Western conference is full of teams. Like the Utah jazz don't have a superstar. Rudy Gobert is very good. Donovan Mitchell is very good, but they win because they have a collection of good players. They're not winning right now. Well, that's the other thing. The Phoenix Suns are a great team. Like yes. you would, maybe you, you could state a case for CP3 on third team, second team, whatever you want to put them. Booker, I think is a second teamer for sure, but like as an individual who dominates and carries their team, uh, that to me is Jason Tatum. And it's reflected in the net rating when Jason Tatum is on the floor is better than every other all NBA guy out there right now. Giannis has a better differential because the Bucks fall off more when he's off the court. But other than that, and we were talking like MVPs, like Jokic and Embiid and everybody, Jason Tatum, I think plus 12 and a half plus. Might even be up he's now. been at the top of the league all season long. All season long. And like, really? 
he's been on the top of the Celtics for like three seasons now. And that's no disrespect to what, like the Celtics have a very good team around Jason Tatum now. Jalen Brown has been phenomenal. Marcus Smart has been a perfect quarterback, you know, all these things. But for me, like when Jason Tatum leaves the floor, it's just different. And they just, they couldn't sustain without Jason Tatum for a long period of time. And I think it reflects back. He didn't have a great first half of the year. And look what happened, 18 and 21. All of I've a sudden, blocked that out. I blocked it then out. he he hits he hits the switch on January twenty third and been phenomenal and yeah. put it together pretty much a half season of absolute dominance and he would be in the top four of MVP conversation if he played this way throughout the year. So uh, I'm just I don't know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna continue to scream because we see it on a night to night basis. Voters don't and uh, I feel like Jason Tatum deserves it, especially after somebody's got to. I mean, you got to get it. You got to get the word out there. That's how just like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Yeah. Defensive player of the year award might be the offensive deserving player, offensive player of the year, too, after uh, some of these. <laughs> you say Perk has some pretty crazy takes. That was a crazy take. Chris Forsberg calling from Marcus Smart. To, what is it? Is that the scoring title? No, we're even close. How do you name the offensive <laughs> no. player of the year I, in the I, NBA? I mean, I think you technically call it the MVP. No one ever says like, oh, that guy's the MVP because he plays great defense. It's always like. But there's your, there is your argument more so for Jason Tatum as well. Yeah, two-way player. True two-way player mm-hmm. on that all defense, yeah. on that all NBA team. All right, well, we're in lockstep. Number one. Um, I'm going to let you get out of here because I got to get Max Letterman in here to badger him about his Sixers and making sure they're going to end up as the four seed um, because we, that's the place the Celtics don't want to go and the idea of Toronto and all that. So, uh, Evichan, thank you so much. Enjoy Memphis and the playoffs and all that. And please come visit us. I'm going to go get some barbecue. Bojangles. Oh, I'll bring you back a biscuit. Yes. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Max Letterman. Uh... I thought we'd have a more definitive picture of where the Celtics stand, but as uh, as is everything with this season, nothing can be easy. And so as we sit here, uh, we're still not sure where the Celtics end up, but I need to bring you in with your institutional Philly knowledge and what's going on down there. Uh, are the Celtics, are they going to, is Philly content to end fourth? Or are they going to push hard here at the finish line of the season? I think they want three because they just own the, mm. the Bulls. But who doesn't? It's a good point, but they don't own the Raptors mm. and they don't own the Nets. Uh, they're one and three versus both those teams. So I think if they had their choice, they would be two if they could 
be assured that they're playing the Cavs, which he can't, mm-hmm. uh, or three. So th- it, it makes me wonder how the team is going to play this out. Like I, even Milwaukee, if you had to guess, like I, I think because of the way Milwaukee went tonight and went full throttle that they would probably be okay with the two seed, even though no one really wants to see Brooklyn, if that's the case. If you're Bud and that group, do you push those last two games or do you? Yeah, yeah, they do because they, that's what they did last year, right? Mm. Um, I don't even remember the team they were trying to avoid, but like they had a meeting and, you know, they decided, you know, he asked them, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to like play around with seating here and, you know, try to rig the system or don't, don't tempt the basketball? Just dogs. go for it. And they went for it and it ended up working out for them. So I doubt that they would change their uh, their mentality. They're much better now that Brooks back and they beat they beat the Nets and the Sixers last mm-hmm. last week, right? And I don't know. I think you know when thinking about what the Celtics did, like as long as Ime and the players are on the same page, yeah. that to me is what's what matters. So like that's what Bud did last year. So hopefully, uh, all the the Celtics, you know, they're in lockstep with each other reading the tea leaves I, my, is my belief that maybe there was a conversation a week ago where it was like hey here's how we're going to play the last week of the season we're not going to play out on the second night of a back-to-back maybe that's a perfect night to get jason some rest and we just roll the dice with tatum and smart i mean uh, brown and smart and the rest of the crew and look what happened up in toronto and we'll see how it goes and then you get here and then the magnitude of the game went up a level because of the way the standings have played out but maybe the sellers just stuck stuck to their guns. Maybe I'm just trying to come up with an excuse for why they didn't push, but Jason Tatum has played in so many games this year. It's just unique that this would be the spot if you were otherwise unconvinced. I don't think it's a situation where they were like, no, we just don't want to play the Brooklyn Nets. Cause if I think if even went to his team and was like, Hey guys, you know, what do you want to do? And and I think they would be in unison. Like, Hey, we're not, let's no foot off the gas at this point. They've been too good. So um, I hope that's the way. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, luckily on Sunday, they'll have the benefit of uh, Milwaukee will be complete. Uh, having played earlier in the day, you'll know going in. The Sixers will be a bit, a bit of a wild card, but um, is three the sweet spot for the Celtics? Like, is, are, are we trying to convince ourselves of that now? No, I would say four is obviously the sweet spot yeah. because then you avoid having to play Milwaukee. Because I, I was um, just talking to uh, Jim, our producer, and I said, you know, the difference between home court um, and not having home court versus the Bucks, to me, I mean, the Bucks are you probably still going to pick the Bucks versus the Celtics? Um, and I'm not saying that the Celtics can't beat them, especially if Rob is back. That gives them the best chance. Um, but the Bucks are really good. They're the defending champions, so it would be better to be home. But I would just try to avoid them. I'm not worried about the Nets. I'm worried about the Bucks. So, look, you're going to have to play them at some point. Um, so if you but if you can play them in the finals, the conference finals, rather than you know the second round, that's much better. So I, three's fine, uh, two's good, four's better. Four might be better, but four would mean that you lost on Sunday. I think it has to mean that, right? Yeah. And I don't know if I like that. You know, losing yeah. two in a row going into the end uh, of the season, especially with how much momentum they had. And there's a long delay. Yeah. Um, which I think in basketball doesn't really matter because you want guys to be healthy. Yeah, and that's, no. I think that's maybe what the Sixers are hoping that, you know, James Harden is actually hurt mm. and not just bad at basketball all of a sudden before they give him a quarter billion dollar contract this summer. Um, and that the week off can help him, you know, be able to beat switches. <laughs> can the, can the, can the 76ers knock off the heat? 
I don't believe in the heat at all. The heat are frauds. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Sixers are heat good. Heat culture getting slandered here. On the oh, I don't like heat culture at all. I don't like their fans. I don't like most of their players. I respect <laughs> Spo and Riley, but <laughs> their fans. Oh yeah. Have you been to that arena? No, but they're mean, they're mean on uh, on social media. Oh wow! I, I did not know the Miami Heat had fans or. Oh or, yeah, or Miami Heat team. are legendary for being bad. Uh, you, know, it's all NBA fan uh, bases are terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, all sports fan bases are terrible in general. But the Heat fans they cross the line. I mean, they go after your family. Uh, they photoshopped my daughters in heat jerseys once. Uh, I think it was in the bubble. I mean, his worst thing is the photoshop. I mean, it was actually pretty funny. It was actually the most tame thing that they did, but it wasn't one of the cool uh Vice oh, Night jerseys. Oh, and I was like, now how dare you? That is disrespectful, right? It was Putting like the, the classic, yeah, you got Haslam jerseys. Like, you know, that's uh, that, that won't be tolerated. So, no, I don't, I think the, I think the Sixers could beat the Heat. Um, you know, again, who knows? Uh, and Spo, you give major yeah. advantage to having Spo over Doc, who I used to love. Um, <laughs> but now he's going to go to the Lakers, which is phenomenal, which is like that. Yes, that's I hope that's th- that sounds like something LeBron is pushing for. And whatever he says, just do, guys. Just do it. He knows right, man. Unreal. He he got you Westbrook, right? Frank Vogel, big, uh, big uh, friend of Brad Stevens. I, when he first got let go of, uh, you know, his travels in Indiana, and I uh, thought maybe there was a chance he'd end up here. But uh, plus, he started here, I think, in the in the film room. So maybe there's a full circle moment with Frank Vogel down the road, who doesn't deserve to be slandered. No, him. he definitely doesn't. And they didn't. It was the look. It's Palinka needs to get fired. I read an article today from Complex where they the author was like, they got to sell the team. The buses got to sell the team, which I mean, that a lot of facts in there. Anytime they don't make the playoffs, that's that's the story. But um, yeah, that's uh, we're not going down. The, we're not turning this into a Lakers podcast tonight. I want to give you. The, I'm going to end on the same questions I asked Abby. Um, what gives you the most confidence in the Celtics team as they go into the playoffs? Man, they're good. That's like really. It's Marcus is playing smart. Their defense is still really good, and their offense, even when they don't mm-hmm. have their studs, is scoring. Like. That's the biggest thing, and we are talking about it, but I, I'm going to say nobody's talking about it because their defense right. has kind of overshadowed it. But, 100%. like, man, their offense is right up there. You know, since their turnaround started, it's, you know, they're top five. Number and, they're number one since the 23rd, and they're, like, top five since the, the seventh or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because that was the big issue. And, look, I think a lot of it's Marcus, you know, just deciding to really lean into the playmaker role, and he's so good at it. Uh, Rob, when he's out there, just being the vertical, you know, lob threat and also a great passer, like incredible, you know, passer for someone uh, that you didn't think was a good passer. Uh, And then just the Jays really kind of, I would say, self-actualizing a little Mm -hmm. bit, um, really kind of just coming into their own. um, Uh And playmaking wise. I mean, yeah, and credit to Scal. He called for it for like years. He was like, "Look, if they get to twelve assists between the two of them, the Celtics will be unstoppable." And I was like, "Yeah, cool, cool stat, man. Going really deep here with assists." Uh, it turned out he was right. You know, Jason passing on double teams, Jalen just being able to create, going at the basket. Like, and Jalen, I thought tonight uh, Jalen didn't do what he's been doing, which I've been so excited about. Um, and maybe it was because Tatum wasn't out there. Maybe it's because the Bucks in general. He did, yeah, he didn't do any of the hardened moves mm-hmm. under between his legs. Um, and he didn't push his body on the bucks. Like he's been doing to opponents, just establishing physical dominance early in the first quarter by attacking the basket 
Um, I, I want to know if that's just because he was like, all right, I'm alpha dog tonight. I got to do everything. Oh, no, no. I got to be a three level scorer, or was it because the bucks are just so imposing? I think part of it was Ime said, don't show them all the tricks of the trade tonight. Yeah. And that that's, so that's my, uh, my, how I will defend the Celtics mm-hmm. not playing those two guys tonight. Say, look, they just didn't want to give away. They didn't want to give anything yeah. for the bucks to have in their tape room. Not the worst strategy, and and uh, so conversely, not to end it on the negative, but what what's the uh, what's the one thing that gives you pause about this team? Um, they are just a little thin. Mm-hmm. Um, they're prone to some streaky shooting, but again, I'm I'm not going to be negative because there's nothing that concerns me because the way that they've played at some point we have to start just believing what's in front of our mm-hmm. eyes since the 23rd. They're the best team in basketball. You can make an argument for the Suns, but I think technically now they have the same record as right. the Suns, but uh, they're right there. And, you know, you look at the top scores, and, you know, we're all worried like, oh, you know, how would they face off against Kyrie and Katie? I'm like, well, Kyrie doesn't just score 27 points in a vacuum. He's, he has to go against the Celtics now. You could look at the top 10 scores in the NBA. The Celtics have held all of them uh, except – I think Mitchell and Doncic below their scoring averages. So it's not like you're just getting 27 point Kyrie and 30 point Durant every night. If you're playing the nets in the playoffs, you know, those guys have to fight for those, those points. And Lord knows the the nets aren't stopping the Celtics offense. So I'm not negative about anything. The Celtics should win the conference. Okay. Uh, What's, what's one award that you think the Celtics should or one player that should win an award we made the case this week on Celtics Post up about four of them. Brad for executive, Ime for coach, Jason on the all NBA, first team, Marcus for DPOI. You can go off the board with a most improved. You could throw, J- I mean, Perk saying put Jalen on third team all NBA is a wild. That's interesting. Wild decision. I would need to see the teams to see who he kept off. Uh, I can't even begin to fathom, but, um, you know, uh, just you give Perk a ballot. Hope you're ready for the results. Yeah, no, I think. Tatum should be like, look, I listen to a lot of the NBA podcasts and almost all of them have Tatum on their first team, but only like one of them actually has a vote, the people that I've been listening to. So I do think that he might get screwed over by the, the Jokic and Embiid can be forwards thing. It's terrible. Um, I'm actually okay with that because like, like they are two of the better players, but the NBA needs to just say there's no more positions. Right, just the five best players because that if, if that means you have to have like, what, is it going to be Gobert third team center? Ooh, uh, isn't that terrible? Disgusting. I'd rather, I'd rather have Rob as your third team center. Right. No. So, all right. So, I'll say as far as awards go, I think Brad. Mm. Brad is an exec. Like, and I don't know how this is voted for. I don't care about the executive of the year really at all. But I want like so. I don't know the history of the voting. Um, but if it's just about the moves that they made going into this season, like everyone's talking about the Memphis guy because they're having such a great season. Like he made one trade, and they just brought back players that he did a great job acquiring last year and drafting and like is a great GM. But as far as this year, back years ago, give John Hollinger the damn award. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the drafts that they had in the past, some of them weren't really good, but I don't blame Hollinger for that. Um, So I think Brad, look, he, he made a lot of moves this summer. He traded Kemba for Al. He hired Ime. He signed Rob and, Resigned Robin Smart to great deals, and he also um, he took flyers on 
Schroeder, Richardson. Richardson on Ennis Freedom, and he traded all those guys for better players at the <laughs> Which deadline. Which is crazy. And, you know, getting Tice and getting Derek White. Derek White, the first year of a four-year uh, contract extension is like, and he just fits perfectly. And I don't want to hear people complaining about a pick swap six years in the future. If that's keeping you up at night, get a life. I, I, you know what? And, and I'll admit, as, as I try to like, obviously things from both sides, at first I was like, ah, I don't know if I love that. You know, who knows where you are in six years. That's how the Brooklyn Nets get themselves in trouble. All that being said, um, windows don't guarantee to stay open. I think, I think the Celtics window is open for five years. But you're one torn ACL, one like crazy season away from not having it. And so there is something to be said for going for it when you have it. And I think Brad recognized, you know, I heard him say today, like in early January, he could, and I think he's actually trying to take the credit from Jalen and saying he could feel the energy shifting. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Brad at that moment was like, you know, maybe we. He knew Mercury was in retrograde. retrograde. Yeah. And now it's the rest of the Eastern Conference that's in retrograde as the Celtics uh, come surging all the way up. Uh, towards the top of the conference so yeah I, I i'm actually on board with that and i think i think executive of the year is voted on by other executives so we'll see like you know how much people think brad deserves credit if his peers um maybe that makes him more worthwhile because um and i could be wrong on that too but yeah i had some people say that they think maury would win it because of the heart because he held firm and you know ended up at the time it was a great trade i mean it's that's a hot bleeping trade. disaster right now but uh Maybe next year, like kind of like Monty Williams is going to coach you the year this year because they should have given it to him last right. year and I they mean, messed that on. up and gave it to Tibbs. Now next year they'll be like, "Oh, Daryl Morey for getting Harden when Harden's out." Yeah, and then signing him to a quarter billion contract after he's quit on two teams in thirteen months. I just and I'm it hurts. At least he kept Maxi. Uh, and I'm glad that I didn't buy the jerseys for my kids that I was gonna. At least they have those heat jerseys still, even if they're just photoshopped. Screw the heat, heat culture. <laughs> Kiss my butt. All right. Uh, I need everybody to go like, subscribe, check us out on the YouTube page. Uh, if you want to roast Max down in the comments, um, don't Photoshop his children any other jerseys. Uh, let's be respectful, please. You just and, make them the cool jerseys if you're going to do it. Yeah. If you put them in the in the Vice Cities, I like all the Vice Cities. Nah, they they peaked two years ago, I think. True. And then they did like the kind of color swappy one. You know, no, not no, 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 This just, year with the ransom letters, I don't quite get that. Yeah, one. the ransom letters, that's what are they trying to say? Don't know. Uh, but it must be a Miami thing because, uh, and I can at least give them credit. At least they're trying, unlike the Celtics who. Look, no, the earned jerseys from like three years ago when they won the, the like teams that won the playoffs got like yeah, an yeah. extra one and they were white green letters and then the the gold piping mm, to so me those are we did the same patrick's day jerseys for Celtics post up a couple yep. weeks ago those st were... patty's jerseys some of the best they've ever worn mm -hmm. and it's crazy that they don't bring them back you know they they go with these weird crazy ones that like four people like which are all here at nbc sports boss and we love oh, those jerseys but um there's ones that were universally loved that they don't bring back and i don't know why so uh well, that's just a whole summer podcast. They, they never did the throwback court either. They were supposed to do a throwback court this year, like going back to the 80s court. They never did it. Um, so I have some questions. I didn't even thought of that until that you just mentioned it. And uh, I'd like to see some some throwbacks. Well, so I made fun of the parquet pride um, jerseys. Jerseys I remember. Literally designed I like this a parquet. A floor, a floor. I and mean, I was like, it's a, it's a jersey that's honoring a floor and so i remember i took a picture of the rug and i was like my, I'm, we're going to release our rug respect jerseys 
Um, but the Sixers have some incredible jerseys that are um, honoring a stadium that was imploded a few years ago, mm-hmm. the Spectrum, uh, which is actually where Christian Leitner shot went in. Really? Um, yeah. It's a famous uh, arena and it's just cool. The colors are cool. Like we don't really care about the building. Yeah. And I think the park is just a cool pattern. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe bring those back without the sleeves. I think that was the issue, right? Yeah. The sleeves were bad. Uh, anything gray too has been, yeah. but um, we're going to bring back uh, sports channel and uh, Fox sports, New England jerseys from the past. And like, we should have a night. I told you, like, I think it would be phenomenal to get Gorman in all his throwback gear prism with the green, like masters like jacket oh, with yeah. um, the patches. All right. Anyway, we said we were out of here. We'll catch you next time on the Sell This Talk podcast.